Okay, good morning, everybody. Um, So today we're looking at Ephesians 3, verses 1 to 21, and in particular verses 6 and 17, which refers to us as being heirs and indwelt. So just to begin, let's read the whole passage together. So this is Ephesians chapter 3, and I will just read it here, but if you want to turn to your Bibles, then it's um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this purpose that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So in these passages, there's two very big topics coming out. So one is our inheritance, that Jews and Gentiles are heirs together with Christ. And the second is that Christ dwells in our hearts. So understanding the first impacts our response to the second. So understanding what our inheritance is will impact how we respond to the promise of God dwelling in our hearts. 
I'm going to rename this sermon from Ayers and Indwelt to Where Are You Going and Where Are You Now? So where are you going, your inheritance, and where are you now? How this impacts your life. And this morning I also want to share something that God has been speaking to me about and how it relates to this topic this morning. The journey starts with something I've felt God saying to me over the past year through nature and particularly through some walks at the Punch Bowl, which, by the way, is a feast for your senses if ever you need it. Um, It's just wonderful times walking there, and so I highly recommend it. Um, But there was one day about a year ago, um, and I was really thinking about um, planning things at church and what God was trying to, how he was trying to shape it, And I just really felt that this picture of a tree with deep roots um, came to me. And this tree with deep roots represents the church. And the roots run deep and represent authentic relationships. The roots are woven together and every root carries a purpose. As the roots draw up from the source, they get deeper and stronger and more resilient, and they continue to support and weave in and out of each other. The tree with strong roots reaches out in the community, standing strong. It's a place of refuge and support, and you can find shelter under the tree, and it is a safe place to come to. The roots are an important part of this vision and represent the body of Christ supporting each other and each root, each person having a purpose and a place to belong. And I think that God would say through this image, as the Holy Spirit gets alongside us, let us be a community that gets alongside others. So, What's that picture and statement got to do with this morning? Well, firstly, it's important that you know where you're going, your inheritance. So I think it's helpful to go back a little bit in Ephesians, in verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 13, which says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So an heir is someone that inherits something when somebody dies. Um, Inheritance is the practice of passing on assets that, or, or belongings upon the death of an individual and note that there needs to be a death for the inheritance to become active. In the Jewish world, inheritance wasn't usually assets that could easily be sold. Instead, it was usually land and was not to be got rid of. And in the Bible, we read about the promised land. We read about the kingdom of heaven both of which describe inheritance as a place, somewhere we go, a destination which will change our lives fundamentally when we get there. And because of Jesus' death, our inheritance has become active, like a will becomes valid after someone has died. 
And this passage in Ephesians 1 goes on to say how we are marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So a wax seal on a document would have meant the contents of that document were protected by the power of the official who placed the seal and identified as belonging to that official. So Christians are protected by the power of God and identified as his because he put his spirit on us as a seal. So not only does this mean that as Christians we are protected by the power of God and identified as his because his spirit in us as a seal, but this gift is just the deposit. That means it's the first payment the remainder of his blessings will be given later in the life to come. And so the Spirit's presence with us is just a foretaste of what it will be like in heaven. I think this helps bring to life the passage later that we read in Ephesians 3, which says this mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the, promised in, in the promise in Christ Jesus. So last Sunday, Chris was talking to us about the temple and how only Jews were allowed um, beyond the temple gates to get close to the temples. Anyone that wasn't a Jew was not allowed that far. Um, and then once inside the temple walls, Jewish women were allowed to go a bit further and then men a little bit further, right up to the, the high priest who was allowed once a year to go behind the curtain to the Holy of Holies. So this verse is saying that through the gospel, because of Jesus, we are all heirs together. We all have the same destination and share together in this promise that our inheritance is a destination. And as a foretaste of that inheritance, we have been given the Holy Spirit. So as we understand where we are going, this incredible inheritance, then we can respond to where we are now. So I'm just going to read again Ephesians 3, verse 17, which says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So what does it mean for Christ to dwell in your heart? When um, our son Isaac was about four, I was praying with him at bedtime, and I'm not sure how we came onto it, but um, we were talking about Jesus being in our heart. And at some point in the conversation, Isaac asked, does Jesus have shoes on? I was a bit confused as the conversation was going in a funny direction. I thought, well, maybe I should explain that Jesus wore sandals. Um, but anyway, he went on to say, does Jesus have shoes on when he's inside me? Well, how do you answer that? <laughs> um, Christ dwelling in us is quite a difficult, abstract concept to get our heads around um, but it actually it carries the meaning of his spirit coming to live in us permanently. 
The Holy Spirit was present at the beginning and throughout the Old Testament and we read throughout the Old Testament about the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon particular people at particular times for particular purposes. And in the book of Joel, it then says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And Jesus made this promise become a reality. In John 14:16, Jesus says, I will ask my father and he will give you another helper. He will be with you forever. Then when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, after Jesus had already ascended to heaven, people couldn't believe what they were seeing and they thought the disciples were drunk. But Peter explains they're not drunk and then quotes those very verses from Joel chapter 2. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So the language of Christ dwelling in us carries the meaning of his spirit coming to live in us permanently He doesn't just want to visit us, he wants to live in us and make his permanent home in us. Paul is praying for those that are already Christians to know and experience that permanent indwelling of Christ in a personal way. And the Greek word parakletos is used to describe the Holy Spirit and this means the one who comes alongside the advocate, the encourager, the comforter or helper. So as Christ dwells in us through the Holy Spirit, we have a permanent comforter, friend and helper coming alongside us. And that's just the deposit. The best is yet to come. We have an incredible inheritance a destination that will change our lives forever. So where are you now? How will you respond to that indwelling in a way that will impact your life and the lives of others? So as the Holy Spirit gets alongside us, let us be a community that comes alongside others. So the Greek word parakletos is also used in the Bible to describe the Holy Spirit as someone that brings us alongside someone else so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 14 in the message translation, it says, He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. So as God comes alongside us and his dwelling increases in us, so we in turn can reach out and become his tangible presence in someone else's life. We can be the one who comes alongside the advocate, the encourager, the comforter, the helper. And there are so many examples of this happening amongst this church family. We've heard some of that this morning um, 
with the wave and Ian and the team going out into the community, coming alongside people that are struggling, where gardening is on the bottom of their list and just another burden, and they're coming alongside these people to encourage them, to help them, and to be there for them. And we've also seen in the past few weeks so much love and care shown to Catherine, Toby and Emily since Steve passed away. And during his illness, Steve and Catherine were overwhelmed with the love shown to them. And I know that Viv had the same while Tony was ill. And people taking meals, doing ironing, coming to sit with Tony so Viv could go out. And the list just goes on and on. We see the money advice team coming alongside people that are in debt and that huge burden on their lives and um, the team coming alongside them, being their advocate, being their helper and their encourager. And at playtime on a Thursday morning, here we have um, loads of mums, carers and their children playing And it's not just a space just to come and play that's a cheap option. But the the people involved in the team, their heart is to come alongside those mums, those carers, to be there for them, to be encouraging them, and to be their helper. And getting alongside people does not just have to be in these times of crisis, It's the everyday too, and sometimes it's about challenging each other through love. So um, this week, Tara Lee and I went to this um, day at the Guildford Diocese called Emotionally Healthy Leadership, Um, and I was chatting to Tara on um, the way back, and I was talking to her about trying to slow down and um, take a bit of space and to have some time away from the office while I wrote this sermon. And, and then on Thursday, I was rumbled because Tara came into the office and I was there. <laughs> and she said, what are you doing here? I thought you were meant to be at home. And how's your sermon coming along? Did you have time with John last night? And then on Friday morning, she texted me and she said, just praying for you as you plan Sunday. And this was challenging through love. This was Tara coming alongside me. Um, She was spurring me on. She wasn't just saying, oh, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Just go and have a cup of tea and a biscuit. She was saying, no, come on, you can do this. Keep going. And this helps me to grow. Um, And I'd also, just to add to that, there's so many other examples of the church coming alongside me and others, but um, me in this example, um, in uh, preparing for Steve's Thanksgiving service. So many of you came alongside me and said, we're praying for you, we're thinking of you, is there anything we can do for you? And these are all such wonderful examples of getting alongside others as the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. But in order to get alongside others, we need to know the Holy Spirit coming alongside us. And it's not through our own strength, but an overflow of Christ's permanent dwelling in us. So 
So I believe that this brings us back to the beginning and my vision of the tree. Um, so I've got a picture. Um, so I was very excited one day when I walked um, towards the gibbet and I saw the tree. And I think I even, I took these photos and I sent them to the leadership t- team and I said, I found the tree. <laughs> it encapsulates everything that I was seeing. Tall, strong tree providing a shady spot to rest under. There's even a bench there and you can sit in the shady spot. Um, and there's strong roots that are visible from the surface, yet they run deep. In Ephesians 3, verse 17, Paul goes on to say, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So how do you deepen your roots? I was really struck again on my walk to the tree, again another day, that at different times we will deepen our roots in different ways and this is different for different people. So for some, it might be that you're going through a great season and you feel like spending time and with God, you're like a frolicking lamb, leaping and jumping for joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Perhaps you're feeling a bit dried up and you're desperately thirsty. At times like this, you need to fill up. Whether that be reading, worshipping, spending time with people or doing things, that give you energy and fill you up, spending time in God's presence and asking for him to replenish you, or confiding in someone and seeking prayer. Or perhaps deepening your roots means slowing down or stopping. I've been impacted a lot recently by Elaine and Esther's um, talks um, where they both talked about slowing down and and the hurry sickness and how it just um, blurs everything and we just uh, and we just need to slow down and on another walk at the punch bowl I do do some work by the way I don't just go on walks all the time um, but on another walk I was really really struck by the ponies and there was this one day where they were just stood so still I could and one was almost sort of starting to go but it was just really still and it was like a statue and I thought it was going to go and it wasn't it was just standing so still and I just thought um, just really gave this picture of just stop doesn't mean there's nothing going on inside it's just slowing ourselves um, and working out of a place of rest rather than chaos and although it can look like nothing is happening, our roots can be deepened as we just stop and let space for God to feed us. And actually I felt this morning that um, 
if anybody feels they would like to go and visit the tree, then I would be really happy to um, go for a walk with you in a group or whatever, and we can go and go for a walk and we can pray together and just see what happens. But I'd be really happy to do that if you feel that's spoken to you. Um, So in order to get alongside others, we need to have deep roots established in love. We need to know the Holy Spirit coming alongside us. It is not through our own strength, but an overflow of Christ's permanent dwelling in us. And therefore, as the Holy Spirit gets alongside us, let us be a community with deep roots that gets alongside others. So I'd like to close by reading a couple of paragraphs from the book Love with Skin On, um, which has really impacted me recently. Uh, So it says this, in, in Mark 13, verse 11, it says, Do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. This is the wonderful ministry and reality of the Holy Spirit coming alongside on the journey. As we journey, the Holy Spirit will be with us, in us, upon us, and will flow through us. There is a river which begins in the mountains of North Africa, and it never reaches its destination in the sea because it gets lost in the sands of the Sahara. If the Holy Spirit is not present on our journey, we will get lost in the sands of surrounding circumstances. You can be sure that God is willing to do everything in his power to enable us to live the Spirit-filled life. He is willing to give as much of the Holy Spirit as we are willing to receive. So open your hearts and life to a fresh flow of the Spirit as someone else needs that fresh flow of the Spirit too. So by realising our inheritance and assurance in where we are going, we can embrace the Spirit of God taking up permanent residence in our hearts. Not with shoes on, but as someone coming alongside us to comfort, to encourage and help. And in turn, we can be that person who gets alongside others in a deeply authentic way.